Welcome to episode 13 of No One's Ready for Wrestling. I am the one and only Phoenix that rises from the ashes, Shino Phoenix here. And I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this podcast. Now, No One's Ready for Wrestling, for those who are new listening to this podcast, this is an opinionated wrestling podcast where I just talk professional wrestling and give my passion and honesty about the product that I watch. And, you know, be honest. Like I said, just... Be honest about what I have to say. So, that's for our introduction. Now, let's get to the sponsor. Now, our sponsor is Anchor. Anchor has been the best sponsor to start off your podcast. They have a site that is 100% free and is easy to use. You're going to hear this at the end of the podcast as well. So, in case you didn't get my message. But if you ever wanted to start a podcast, uh, the best place would be anchor.fm slash start you gotta sign up it's 100% free you could talk about anything whether it's sports related like myself being wrestling whether it's football basketball um, hockey baseball whether it's video games whether it's music whether it's anime anything anchor is the best place to start your podcast so once again go to anchor.fm slash start sign up and i'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have on your podcast follow me on twitter guys i just gotta get this off my chest right now because i'm just so happy that i reached 500 followers on twitter and it's still continuing to rise like all i can say is thank you guys so much for the Wrestling Wednesdays that I that I do, the Follow Fridays, and Dream Match Tuesdays that's becoming new. And I might be doing questions on the podcast as well. Like, do a random question and shout you out. So I might think about that as well. So I really want to thank you guys so much. Words just can't put it in how excited I am to uh, be a part of this wrestling community because this is the best place to be be in and I've been using Twitter more often oh my goodness man like you don't know how it motivates me even more to just continue to grow followers and get people listening to the show not just on putting this on Twitter but trying to get people to listen on this podcast so I want to thank you guys for that uh follow me on Instagram at coolmansip follow the well like the Facebook page no one's ready for wrestling Always, you can email me your questions at the one and only Phoenix 1993 at gmail.com. Please include your name and where you're from, and I'll shout you out on the show. If you don't want to do that, uh, you could DM me your questions on Twitter, or you could do the hashtag that I'm trying to do, Ask the Phoenix. So we might do that. So every 10 episodes, for those who are new to this podcast, I always do a Q&A. So... Have your wrestling-related questions ready because I'm ready. But the question is, are you ready for this podcast? I am. And, I will, and I'm going to start off with John Moxley, our good boy John Moxley. So you guys know John Moxley pulled, posted a, a video teasing him, his return to uh, professional wrestling, but not in WWE. He's done. He's done with WWE. Dean Ambrose is dead and gone. John Moxley has made his return to the indie circuit. Now, what John? Now, Deadline. This is what I've found out. Deadline. They reported that John Moxley is currently booked to star in an upcoming film called Cage Fighter. Ooh, 
So, what this is about, according to Deadline, is about an MMA champion who loses a heavily promoted fight to a pro wrestling star making a crossover to MMA. Then a disgraced fighter has to earn his way back to the top of the sport once again. So, it will star real-life MMA fighter Josh Herdman, Michael J. White, Gina Garson, Michelle Ryan, and Jason Mazza. And... I'm I actually looking for I'm actually gonna keep an eye on this and if it's at theaters I want to see it I really do because I'm gonna support John Moxley in his next journey if he wants to be an actor or he wants to continue wrestling but he's gonna continue wrestling so I I think he's gonna do great in this uh, role so let's hope for the best that's all I can say we have some new signings. Coming out of AEW, and there's a lot of AEW news. So, we're going to start off with my boy, Angelico. Angelico, you guys may remember him in Lucha Underground. Um, Pro Wrestling Sheet, they reported that Angelico is now part of the AEW roster. And he's not the only one that's joining him. Apparently, Jack Evans is going to join him as well. Which, Jack Evans is awesome, by the way. And we have... Rich not Rick Knox, who's been a referee for Lucha Underground and PWG, he's gonna be joining the uh, the roster as a referee, and hopefully we might see him do some crazy dives like we did in PWG. <laughs> and also they signed Jack. I said Jack Evans. Um, they also signed Jerry Lynn, who is gonna be doing a backstage role and a coach for All Elite Wrestling. So these are really great signings, by the way, and. I'm really looking forward to what um, these guys do in All Elite Wrestling. Oh boy, being the elite. If you're not watching that, number one, shame on you. Number two, you're missing out on some big details they're adding in. So, the Over the Budget Battle Royal has got a new name. They renamed it as the Casino Battle Royal. Now, on being the elite, the rules are simple. They made these rules. There will be 21 wrestlers in the match. The match will start with five men. Every three minutes, a new wave of five men will enter the match. Lucky 21 will enter last, so the Battle Royal entry numbers will be picked at a later date. So, And they also had this ransom note to the Young Bucks, which you got to be crazy if you don't think is uh, the best friends in Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta. I mean, who didn't see that? I mean, I recognize, I recognize Chucky e. T's uh, arms because I bumped into the guy when I was when I was at work, working the Pelicans game last year. And for those who don't know, I work at SMG, and um, we had this Pelicans game. It was close to WrestleMania season. And I bumped into Chucky e. T, and I'm like, hey, are you Chucky e. T? And he's like, yes, I'm Chucky e. T. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I actually uh, geeked out a little bit because Chucky e. T is awesome. But if you're not watching Being the Elite, you are missing out big time. And we follow it up, and I want to follow this up a little bit with um, the stipulation that's going to be added in that Casino Battle Royal. And it was announced on the road to Double or Nothing. And I love how they build towards their show with the road to Double or Nothing. And they might do it for the road to Fight for the Fallen and All In 2 or something like that. But I actually love how AEW is showing how they um, build towards their show. Now... Cody Rhodes, he announced that uh, the winner of the Casino Battle Royal will get the first shot at the newly crowned AEW World Champion. 
at the AEW World Championship. Now, I think they're going to reveal it at Double or Nothing. I think it's going to be in a match with Hangman Page and Pac. But you never know. Things can happen. I mean, I've seen stranger things happen in wrestling. But I think they're going to surprise us with it. And I think Adam Page is going to be the first... uh, uh, I'm trying to say it. The first AEW World Champion. Who wins the Battle Royal? Uh, whew. Shit. This is going to be tough. I might save that for my predictions. <laughs> but, uh... I would recommend watching uh, Double or no- The Road to Double or Nothing. I'm really excited for this show since it's going to be like in two weeks. And next Saturday, I'm going to do my predictions for it. And uh, it's going to be mixed with money in the bank. But uh, I'm really excited for Double or Nothing. They are doing an excellent job at getting me, the fan, excited for All Elite Wrestling and I just couldn't be more proud of Cody and the Young Bucks for what they're doing. Speaking of AEW, their uh Turnership partner their Turner partnership is pretty much done. Like it's confirmed. So I'm gonna read this from Wrestling News, a great sort great site to uh get your news, by the way. Shouting them out on here. So all Elite Wrestling's television deal will be announced next week. So according to a report from by the rap. The story notes that AEW's Turner deal is virtually done and the plans to announce the TV deal in an hour before Warner Media's upfront presentation on Wednesday. AEW President Tony Khan will be joined by wrestlers in Madison Square Garden. Oh, does that hurt Vince McMahon? Does it really hurt? <laughs> anyway, to pitch at to advertisers that pres- the presentation will begin at 10 a.m. Eastern and will have a- and they'll have coverage on Wrestling News. I don't know if if I could find it, I might uh, watch it and tweet about it. But I mean, it could. Ha- I don't know where I could find it, but you guys let me know on that. So Turner's plan is to start airing uh, the weekly AEW show this fall on TNT. It's worth noting that AEW has registered the Tuesday Night Dynamite trademark, so that might be an indication of the night of the show. We've also heard um, that the show will run for two hours and it will be live every week. Now, this obviously changed the entire wrestling landscape as WWE has real competition for the first time since WCW was sold in 2001. Now, I'm going to touch on about WWE for a second when we get to Monday Night Raw because, holy shit, I have a lot to say. Holy shit, I have a lot to say. But that's pretty much uh, all I got for AEW, but there's going to be news when we get involving AEW when we get to the NXT side of the uh, of the podcast. Law Sullivan, Law Sullivan, we got to talk about Law Sullivan on this podcast, and I'm going to read, like, I'm going to read all the news that's coming out of here and just give you my thoughts about it right after I finish reading every single news that involves Law Sullivan. So, he could be in hot water for, with WWE for the old post about him being a racist, about his, about religion, sexism, many others. So... A Reddit user has posted a comprehensive list of posts of allegedly from Law Sullivan that could cause him trouble with WWE management. Wrestlers in the company are already aware of his posting history, and Biggie is the first WWE superstar to comment on Sullivan publicly. Scroll now. I'm gonna scroll down to see what Biggie has to say, but I'm looking at um the uh the post right now on my phone, and. I don't know what I could say, but 
Anyway, so it, it just looks wow, just wow. So his thoughts on rape, this is what he said. He's not a troll thread, just a thought. And the thought is that there's a gray area when it comes to sexual intercourse and rape. There's 100% complete consensual sex when a woman will rip off her clothes and jump on you. Then there's levels that don't quite reach 100% constant. Most women like men to con take control. At what point is it, to, is it too much control? I'm not insinuating that the politicians who spew the nonsense about women controlling when they get pregnant by switching it off in their brain is right. He is a complete moron, but the fact is there's a gray area when it comes to the definition of rape. And this is him making fun of homophobia, racism, and sexism. He said, it's part of our culture, and I don't actually have any true hateful feelings for gay people, but it's just a part of my sense of humor I like to explore. Homophobia, racism, sexism, these are all hilarious things to make light of in the right environment among other straight men. And this is what he said about what mental illness are, is pretty weak-minded. He said, well, well then, you're pretty weak-minded, aren't you? How did our grandparents survive? This is what people talk about, the pussification of men in America. Mentally, like what you have. He believes Vince McMahon doesn't care about Mexican people. And for anyone who's listening to this, if you're Mexican, you're gay, and I, I'm, I apologize for reading this to you guys because I know it's going to offend you. But I'm going to give my thoughts on it after I read every single report, like I said, about Lars Sullivan. Yeah, it appeals to Mexicans. The McMahons don't care about Mexican po politically, but when it comes to business, they'll exploit any race to make money. His thoughts on Kofi Kingston and all truth On the flip side, I will ask about I will ask what are Kofi and R-Truth supposed, supposed to be? A PG Black Panther stable? I always wonder why they had to team up two black guys. Both these guys look like they could be in a prison black gang. His thoughts on some black people. Numerous people reasons OP. Some blacks want to take advantage of their great-grandparents' misfortunes, and they want a piece of the pity pie. Instead, taking some personal responsibilities, they choose to attack the white man and say, we must take care of them financially. Black Panther Party, these guys are the epitome of a racist clown. When immigrants, particularly of the illegal persuasion coming from our neighbor down south, hear that we are the land of the free, to them that means get free stuff. There is a clear political dive among races. The Democrats essentially bribing minorities for votes is the root cause of this problem. So, so many uh, other reasons. And... This is what uh, Biggie's response about all of this. He says, many are aware, it's like someone asks him, are you aware of this racist asshole that you're going to have to work with? And Biggie replied, many are aware, if true, he has to bear the albatross of being a bigot and working in the company that is filled with minorities. So that's uh, Biggie's response. And we got Wale, so who was friends to, who is a friend of WWE and many superstars. He, uh, he uh, pretty much gave the middle finger to Lars Sullivan on Twitter. That was his response to uh, Lars Sullivan. And I got this statement from uh, 
This is a statement from Dylan Miley, the person, not Lars Sullivan, the character, but this is his statement. There is no excuse for the inappropriate remarks that I made many years ago. They do not reflect my personal beliefs nor who I am today. And I apologize to anyone I offended. And he uh, also spoke to the New Day about his racist comments. Now, Brian Alvarez, he noted on uh, Wrestling Observer Live that WWE has known about this for a long time. He said that Sullivan has apologized to the New Day. Sullivan, no, this is what Alvarez said, and I quote, He talked to Biggie, and I believe all the members of the New Day, as I noted yesterday. WWE has been aware on this forever. There was nothing new, and he apologized to them for it in the past, and it was considered a dead issue, but it has come it has come up twice in the last six months, so this time he did, in fact, address it with this statement. So that is everything regarding Lars Sullivan. Now, let me get my thoughts out of the way. What he said... After reading that, it was disgusting, and I really, and I'm really just felt uncomfortable reading that. But like my mindset would say, he needs to get out of here. But my conscience is telling me that it happened in the past. Now I'm gonna compare this with Hulk Hogan. Now he was illegally taped, and we saw the real Hulk Hogan show his true colors, and people called him out on being a racist. And what WWE did. They released the guy. They erased him from existence, and he apologized. And I'm all and I was already over it, so so I accepted it. But and I know people might not like what I'm about to say. What happened in the past? It happened in the past. He said he's sorry, but I don't think sorry would be enough for uh, Law Sullivan. But what I would do? They need to reprimand this. They need to like, I would say punish him, but. I don't want like I don't want people to say that he needs to be fired. Like there are people talking to their sponsors about uh, the Law Sullivan situation. Now I'm not saying outright fire him. I say just punish him, let him learn his lesson, and and there you go. I mean, a, an apology. I mean that's one thing, but it's gonna take more than that. You're gonna have to live. In my stance on this, you're gonna live with this for the rest of your life. When you fuck, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go off from wrestling for a second, but when you fuck up in the past, when you fuck up in the past, you got to understand that you're going to live with it for the rest of your life. I've done this many, I've done this many times in my life and, and I made many mistakes and I have to live with it for the rest of my life and I learned from it. And I think Lars Sullivan has to learn from his mistakes as well. Like, yes, he said something that offended a lot of people. There are people out there that want this guy fired. There are people out there that want his head. There are people out there that wants to see him fail. Now, look, look, I'm going to just calm you guys down for a second because I'm just, I'm not going to be this guy that says, oh, he should be fired. He should never come back to WWE. He should be banned, period. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm really not. I honestly believe, like, what Law Sullivan said, what happened in the past, if it was past WWE, then he would have been he would have been fucking fired from the start, and he would have been banned. But we're in the now. He's di- he's gonna have to live with it, and I agree with Biggie one hundred percent. He has to live with that. He has to live with being a bigot and a racist. And he apologized, but it's gonna take more than that, in my honest opinion. It's gonna take more than that to uh to honestly just, if I could put it in perspective, he's gonna live with it for the rest of his life. There's no coming back from it. You 
you think everything's all rainbows and sunshine, but it's not. Not everything is full of rainbows and sunshine. You're going to live with it, though. So, like, that's my take on it. I think WWE really needs to um, make an example out of Law Sullivan. Like, like, you could punish him, but I don't think they should fire him. But even if they pressured him, even if they pressured by the sponsors to fire him, then where does he go next? Who knows? Who knows? He needs to just step away in the. He needs to get away from uh, in the ring from Raw or SmackDown if wherever he shows up. I don't know, like wherever he shows up, like let him sit out for like a couple of months or so. But if you want him fired, that's on you. But it's not going to change a thing. It's not going to do justice in my eyes. They need to make an example out of this guy. They made an example out of Leo Rush when he made that controversial tweet about Emma being released. They made an example out of him. They need to do the same thing with Law Sullivan. They just need to make, in my eyes, they need to make an example out of him. He's going to live with it for the rest of his life. But I don't, I just think people should not, shouldn't jump the gun and say he needs to be fired. WWE has to punish him in some way. But you all know WWE's not going to punish him. They're not going to punish him. Like, I know it. I mean, it happens before. It happened before. It happened before. Like, like I, I'm, I'm just gonna end it right here. Like, let it. What happened in the past? It happened in the past. You said you're sorry. You said you're sorry, but you gotta take your punishment some way somehow. But knowing WWE, they're not gonna punish him, and I, and I stand by that. But if you want him fired, that's on you. That's not on me. But, eh, but Lars Sullivan, he has to, uh, he has to live with it for the rest of his life. There's no. Going back to that, in my honest opinion. Uh, Triple H. Good old Triple H. I think he's starting to understand why this company is falling, is a sinking ship, why it's failing. Now, he actually liked a tweet from a fan, but a couple of minutes later, he he unliked it. But, you know, if you do that, um, what's that terminology? If you do that... People could find out on the internet. Someone could screenshot it, and someone already did. <laughs> so, so the tweet that Triple H liked was read by a fan named, um, if I could find, Richard Gutierrez. I don't know if I pronounced it right. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but uh, I'm gonna talk about it now. So this is what he tweeted. He said, "At Vince McMahon, maybe the problem with Raw and SmackDown ratings isn't due to wrestlers injured. Is that you put." Confusing and pointless storylines, although it wouldn't hurt if you just gave your wrestler insurance, if you gave your wrestlers insurance, just a thought, and he tags um, Stephanie McMahon, he tags Triple H, and he tags WWE. Now, I think Triple H knows that WWE is a sinking ship when Vince McMahon is in charge, and we're going to talk about Vince McMahon when we get to Monday Night Raw because I'm about to shit on this guy so hard that you're going to want to tune in to this show. So, if Triple H knows, because the dude is smart. Like, look at how he's running NXT. Look at how he's running NXT. And it's only an hour. And it's just excellent show. It's an excellent show and great storytelling. So, does it make you want Triple H to take over WWE? I would hope that. Like, I want him to step... I want him to take Vince's spot and actually make all the changes that all the changes backstage and have wrestling be fun. I don't want WWE to be failing. I know there are people who gave up watching WWE because 
the show is absolutely repetitive and formulaic and p- backstage politics and garbage. But, I mean, I, I just can't. I don't want them to fail. I just want them to do better. Just write better stories, you know? And we'll talk about that when we get to Raw. So, Triple H knows. He knows. So, we got an update on Sheamus. Sean Ross Sapp. Now, for those who don't know, Sheamus suffered a... He has uh, I think he has a concussion from what I heard. But, we got an update from Sean Ross Sapp of Fifles. So, this is what he said. He said, I have heard the last year that there were supposed to, there were a lot of people that were surprised that Sheamus could still wrestle as effectively as he could, considering some of the injury issues and the pain that he had that he's been that he had been in. Honestly, in the ring, I was told by one wrestler that if he got through WrestleMania, that would be really awesome. Not as if they were hoping that or the company was hoping was hoping that, but that wrestlers personally was hoping that Sheamus could get through this WrestleMania, and he did, and that was about it. No update yet, but man, what a bad neck, and then you get a concussion on top of that. That's not hot. So, I hope uh, Sheamus recovers in time. I hope that it's nothing too severe, because if it is, then he has to hang up the boots. And I don't want that to happen to any wrestler. I don't, I don't, I honestly, like reading stuff like this, I honestly don't want a wrestler to uh, be injured. I don't. I want wrestlers to get healthy. I want them to be 100% when they uh, come back and and just get better, you know? Leo Rush. We have an update on Leo Rush. It looks like WWE's doing looking to do a hard reset on him. So, again, this is reported by Sean Ross Sapp doing FIFO Select. And he has not heard any rumors about NXT. And, and he's in... And this is from Ringside News. In fact, Rush might have heat in NXT as well, which could happen. Therefore, the company is looking to reboot Leo Rush in a totally different way. Now, this is what Sean Ross Sapp said, and I quote, Now, here's the thing. I have not heard that Rush is going back to NXT. A lot of people said that they have. I'm, I've not. I've, I've had people say that he would have heat in NXT as well. Understandable. I mean, he was on NXT after that controversial tweet about Emma, so it could happen, but we got to move on. I was told that it was, I was told that it would be tough for him on the main roster. I've also been told that they would like to do a hard reset on him. They understand and recognize his talent, unquote. Now, I said that Leo Rush has to go to NXT. Now, NXT is a different landscape now. I mean... We're seeing new faces, and I think Leo Rush would benefit well if he just... Like, look, I talked about Leo Rush in the last episode. Go check it out. I mean, I don't want to waste my time rambling about Leo Rush and what he needs to do. I said it in the last episode. He needs to get a reset in NXT. He he knows that... Like, the company knows of his talent. They know he's talented, and he's great in the ring, but I don't want this guy to be wasted... Like, I honestly don't. He needs a reset. Like, him being paired with Bobby Lashley, yes, it built his confidence as a promo guy, but he hasn't done much in the ring. He hasn't done much in the ring. Like, you could even put him on 205 Live, which is absolutely suffering, right? I mean, I don't think it's suffering. It's still, uh, it's just the rosters are thin right now, in my honest opinion. But I see him going to NXT. 
I, that's what I would do, and I stand by that. But if he does have heat still with uh, some people in NXT, I don't know what's next. If I don't know what's next for uh, Mr. Rush. So we got a name for the Saudi Arabia show that's going to be taking place in June seventh, and it's going to be. And this is from WrestleVotes. So it's called Sands of Time. That's what it's called for the June 7th Saudi Arabia show. Sands of Time. Am I playing Prince of Persia? Because it looks like WWE was... Someone looked at the title from Prince of Persia in one of the video games and said, Hey Vince, let's use Sands of Time as a title for the Saudi Arabia show. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, man. Like, I'm just throwing it out there. Like, I'm not trying to be no conspiracy theorist, but that's what I think. And I and I like Prince of Persia. Don't get me wrong, I like the I love the game, but I honestly think that's where they got it from. Someone was playing Prince of Persia: Sands of Time, and they're like, "Hey Vince, let's like I'm not gonna do the segment again, but I'll do it anyway." Hey, hey Vince, I'm playing Prince of Persia: Sands of Time, and Vince has his mindset of that's a great that's a great idea. That's a great title name for this Saudi Arabia show on June seventh. You really think so? Yes, it's gonna work. But it's not official yet, but we'll find out. We'll find out. I also want to talk about Sasha Banks for a second. This is only a minor story. She commented on Tessa Blanchard's Instagram, and she just told her that she wants to wrestle her. Now, I would be absolutely happy to see this match. That's one of my dream matches, by the way. Wink, wink. And I think it would be a really great match. Sasha Banks is great in the ring, and I don't see why people would hate on Sasha Banks. Her in-ring skills is fantastic. And her against Tessa Blanchard, take my money. Go to Impact. And I forgot to mention this about John Moxley. There was a rumor going around that he might sign with Impact Wrestling. And there's one match involving him. If he goes to Impact, Sammy fucking Callahan, take my money if John Moxley goes to Impact. That's going to be a fantastic match, I'm telling you, if he goes to Impact. Oh my goodness, man. Monday Night Raw. I don't even want to talk about this show, man. I honestly don't. The show was absolutely terrible, and I think it was one of the worst Monday Night Raws of 2019. Now, before the show, apparently they fired their longtime writer. I don't know why, but uh, apparently it was some dispute over one of the one of the writers that has taken Vince's rules too seriously. I mean, if that's the reason, I mean. And speaking of speaking of writers, I want to mention this. I've seen this video about the creative team. There's a lot of creative writers that don't know jack shit about pro wrestling. They know about TV dramas. They do plays and all that. And I'm like, wow, you're pretty much exposing yourself, WWE, if you don't have writers who don't know anything about pro wrestling. So, Vince, you exposed yourself right there. Wow, Vince. Wow. So, let's talk about Raw. I honestly don't want to talk about this show. So, Vince McMahon, he opened the show. And I don't know why people still bow to this guy. Yes, his theme is catchy. Yes, his walk is iconic. Yada, yada, yada. Blah, blah, blah. So, Vince comes out. He opens the show. He gets interrupted by Roman Reigns. Michael Cole cringefully said, Monday Night Yard. Give me a give me a break, cause that sounded forced and cringe like. 
only for him to get in. And this is now before Daniel Bryan came out. Vince said, what the hell are you doing here? What the hell are you doing here? And Roman was like, well, I said I was going to show up. And you promise these people that they were the authority, us being the WWE universe, that we're the authority, but you lied to them. And I agree with you, Roman. I agree with you 100%. So, so all this is involved. Daniel Bryan, <coughs> sorry, Daniel Bryan comes out, interrupts uh, Roman Reigns and Vince McMahon, and he compl- he talks about the match at WrestleMania. He talks about um. I mean, he and I, I LOL'd at this raw not being fun. LOL, I laughed at that statement because it's true, it's true. So, Kofi, he comes out celebrating with the WWE universe. Look, celebration's over, Kofi. Uh, celebration's over. What happened at WrestleMania is one of the best moments in this career and probably his career in general. And we got to move on from that. It's time to focus on the new and stop worrying about what happened at WrestleMania. Now, oh my goodness, just talking about this is making my head hurt. So, they argue, Vince McMahon says that he has an epiphany and he has an idea. He came up with the wild card rule. And he said, I'm a genius and I'm brilliant. Do you want to know what my reaction was when uh, he said that line? This was my reaction. <laughs> you serious? Really now? Really now, Mr. McMahon? You're a genius though, right? You're a genius though, right? I could make a lot of reasons why you think you're a genius. Does having Oscar losing to Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 35 signifies you as a genius? Does having Shinsuke Nakamura being buried and being an afterthought in WWE right now considered to be a genius? Does the tag titles, who are, which are not on Raw or SmackDown, get commercials on television? Like they appear on television. Y- you're a genius though, right, Mr. McMahon? You're a genius, huh? I'm starting to lose my mind here. You, sir, are not a genius. You, sir, are out of touch. And you, sir, need to step down because you are killing your own company from within. I speak my words. I just, I'm I'm just, I, I just laugh at this. And I'm just asking myself, is this guy serious? Is this guy really serious that he's a genius? Like, if you're really a genius, how about you write better stories? How about you focus on wrestling instead of this soap opera MTV drama wannabe? Oh, my goodness, man. Oh, my goodness. Vince, you need to step down. I'm sorry. You seriously need to step down because you are burying your own company six feet under. And what that tells me with the wild card rule, that WWE is in panic mode. They're in panic mode because they know the ratings are down. They're in panic mode because AEW is going to be in full effect. I could go on and on, my friend. I could go on and on. But this shows, it exposes WWE that they are in full panic mode. And I stand by it. So Drew interrupts the guys, and we have a WrestleMania rematch. You know, the rematch clauses that are antiquated. 
So we have Roman and Drew in a WrestleMania rematch, and we have a rematch with Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship to main event the show when rematches are no longer a thing now. I got nothing. I obviously have nothing to say. I, I got nothing. I, I got no words. So, after all this, AJ Styles comes out, and he talks to Vince McMahon, tells him, what are you doing? And I say the same thing about every time I watch Monday Night Raw, and I see every plot hole, every logic that's messed up, the storyline that makes no sense, wrestlers being screwed. I could go on and on. So... He tells AJ, I-, I made a wild card rule, and I just came up with it. I'm a genius, and it's pretty much three people from Raw can go to SmackDown, and three people from SmackDown can go to SmackDown. Vince McMahon does not know what the fuck he's saying, and he is already confused by his own rule. Rollins comes out, Rollins comes out, and talks to AJ about uh, the phenomenal forearm to the table, and Vince says, you want this match right now? You want it now? We'll do it now, but no, 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 no. We're going to have you guys pair up. The biggest cliche in pro wrestling history. Have the opponents team up to face the other opponents. And Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin, you already lost me for 30 minutes right there. 30 minutes you lost me right there. So this ma- that match happened, and Corbin pins Seth Rollins clean. A champion being pinned clean on a random edition of Raw clean and it was and i just don't know and we all know that this is probably going to be the next title feud for seth rollins him versus baron corbin i'm so excited for that no i'm not i'm not excited for that i don't even care about it so then we have Sami Zayn come out and he cuts a promo on the fans asking us what do we have to complain about now i mean i i, I mean you got the crowd chanting this is boring i mean and we're going to talk about Sami Zayn when we get to SmackDown. So Braun Strowman comes out and he chases he chases Sami Zayn. And I don't know if I'm watching Tom and Jerry because that's what it felt like. And and uh, Braun he just captures him. He puts him in the uh uh he puts him in a garbage can like a dumpster. That's the best way I could describe uh WWE. It's a complete dumpster fire. And the garbage truck comes and I don't even know, man. I just don't know. Moving on, we have the Lucha House Party defeating three jobbers in 15 seconds. Who cares? We And I want to complain about this next one. We have Ricochet versus Robert Roode. And I, I just, this really upsets me because I seriously, seriously hate 50-50 booking. I really do. I really do. I hate 50-50 booking with a passion. You got Robert Roode who beat Ricochet. Ricochet gets added in the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match for the men, and then he's chal- and then he's challenging Robert Roode, and his opportunity is on the line. Well, I've been stressing this for a long, long time. Why can't you do a qualifying match for both the men and the women to get me invested in this ladder match instead of just randomly handpicking some? Handpicking the uh, participants from a bottle. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. That's not how it works in my eyes. That's seriously not how it works. So, Ricochet, he beats Robert Roode. 50-50 booking and its effect. I don't know why. I don't know why. And I just don't care. But, 
This is WWE. This is Vince McMahon saying he's brilliant. He's a genius, though, isn't he? <laughs> no, he's not. <sighs> we have Lacey Evans defeating an enhancement talent for 40 seconds. She had... Now, before the match, she had Naomi, Dana Brooke, Alexa Bliss, and Natalia having them invite them to watch uh, her squash this poor soul. She ate a woman's right, which is probably the worst finisher that I've ever seen. And, of course, the usual, she cuts a promo. Becky Lynch comes out, drops both titles, and they both brawled. Yada, yada, yada. Blah, blah, blah. It's just so formulaic. I, I You can tell by my voice, I just don't care about Monday Night Raw. Yet, I'm still talking about it because I have to do my job for all of you. <sighs> we had the War Raiders defeating Riders and Hawkins who got jobber entrances and their tag team champions. You know, I was watching SmackDown, okay? Like, I'm going to skip through ahead a little bit. I was watching SmackDown and I did a poll on uh, Twitter and I asked, should WWE merge the tag team divisions? I did hashtag SmackDown Live, hashtag Raw, hashtag WWE. Only 15 of you voted. 73% say they should merge the women merge the tag team division and 27% say they shouldn't now my goodness man how the war raiders have fallen from grace they went from being one of the hottest act on nxt vince mcmahon foolishly just selfishly calls them up renamed them the viking experience because he didn't like the war raider name fuck you and fan backlash they changed it to the viking raiders but I still call them the War Raiders because because that's who they are. They're the fucking War Raiders. They're Hanson and Roe, not Eric and Evar. And they beat Ryder and Hawkins with the Viking experience, which it's a lame finishing move. It's called Thor's Hammer. It's a lame name. Like, Thor's Hammer is a better name than the fucking Viking experience name for that pop-up power slam. And what happened to Fallout? What happened to Fallout? That's what I want to know. Why Why did they stop using Fallout? That's one of my favorite finishers. Like, can someone give me a scoop on why they're not doing their original finisher, Fallout? I seriously would like to know. I, I'm curious to know right now. And you want to know what the best thing about Monday Night Raw is? Bray Wyatt. Firefly, Firefly Funhouse, Episode 3. I actually enjoyed it. And, and you know, that's the sad reason this is why I watch Monday Night Raw because of the Firefly Funhouse. Because you want to piece the puzzle of... Because I heard they're trying to make this Bray Wyatt character feel a little bit dark. And I think they're doing a pretty good job at that. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like, I'm loving everything about Firefly Funhouse. And, and I want to say... Rest in peace to Ramblin' Rabbit. Rest in peace to Ramblin' Rabbit. Got killed by Mercy the Buzzer. Mercy the Buzzer. I can't speak right now. I'm sorry. And, like, I, I don't know what it is with Firefly Funhouse. It's just more enjoyable than three hours of Monday Night Raw. I could watch a marathon of that for three hours than sit through Monday Night Raw. Uh, we had a disqualification match. We had a disqualification between Reigns and... And Drew McIntyre reigns one via DQ because Shane McMahon and Elias just mysteriously showed up. Mysteriously showed up to Monday Night Raw. Now, Shane McMahon, he's feuding with The Miz. And now he's feuding with Roman Reigns. With Elias. So, that makes about four, if I'm correct. 
You had Roman. You had Brian. You had... No, that's five. You had Kofi. You have Shane, which he could do whatever he wants, so I'm going to count him out of it. So, Elias. So, that's four. That's four. So, this wild card rule is already dead. Already dead. We had the Usos once again humiliating the Revival. I just... I don't know what I could say right now. How can you have the Usos, who, in my honest opinion, are the best tag team in WWE on the main roster? I mean, they have nothing against the Undisputed Era. They're one of the best tag teams in WWE, period. But how can you have the Usos do something like this and resort to me watching something from MTV? Like, am I watching Punk? Am I watching Jackass? What am I watching? So, they have this Uzi hot that they put on, uh, that the Revival put on their, uh, you know what, on their <clears throat> balls, and they started burning, and WWE, they're just doing everything they can to humiliate the Revival, which, and it's going to backfire on them. I guarantee it's going to backfire, because people will, like, it's exposing WWE for what they're really doing to their talent, in my honest opinion. And, and I, I even tweeted out that the revival, if I'm Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder, I will do what CM Punk did. I will do what Neville did. I will walk out and never come back to WWE ever again. And most people, and most of you guys agree with me on that. And you know what? I hope they walk out. I honestly hope they walk out and, and they just are doing everything to make me care less about the revival. But you know that it's going to backfire on them because they're going to be bigger names when they get to the independent scene. And they're going to be like, oops, we fucked up. We fucked up. We need to get better. But And it's not doing the Usos any favors either. They're, they went from being a serious tag team to being a comedy tag team. And their match in SmackDown was pretty good. I'm not going to deny that. It was pretty good. But, but this is what you're doing with the Usos and the Revival, which a match that got everyone excited for? And you're resorting to this? Come on, man. Come on, you got to do better than that. So, lost, no, lost Sullivan, he came out, that's five. And he murdered No Way Jose. And, th- like I said, the wild card rule, already wearing thin, it's dead, it's dead. And we had a pretty good match between Kofi and Daniel Bryan, but it, I find it hard to care about it because the show was that damn bad. But it was a good match, though. And it's funny because a SmackDown title is headlining a Monday Night Raw, was he- was main eventing a Raw show. Let that sink in, folks. Let that sink in. And Kofi, he retained. He beat Daniel Bryan to keep his WWE title. And I got the polls for Monday Night Raw right now, which 29 votes is still in. We have 14% thumbs up, 17% Thumbs down, no, 17% in the middle, 48% thumbs down, and 21% didn't watch. So you guys know this show was garbage. And I also want to add, like I said, the Iconics were featured on Monday Night Raw, but they were in during the commercials. What a way to make the women's tag titles feel important, Vince McMahon. But you're a genius though, right? You're a genius though, right? You want to know why Sasha Banks went AWOL? That's one of the reasons. She wanted to make those women's titles feel important, and you actually turned those titles and made it into shit. Good job, Vince. Good job. You deserve a cookie. You deserve a cookie. Oh, my goodness, man. 
SmackDown Live. Let's talk about SmackDown, which I thought was way better than Mon- which I thought was better than Monday Night Raw, but they still had some moments that made me said, "Eh." But they're in Kentucky. The attendance in that show, I saw a photo on Twitter. The attendance was so low. And I'm asking myself, "Damn, WWE needs to get their ass together, man, because if they're going to have a low attendance like this, then it's pretty much becoming WCW, which they are. They're, they're really turning into WCW when you think about it. Uh, so AJ Styles starts the show. He said, man, it feels great to be back on SmackDown Live, the house that AJ Styles built. And by the way, we had a superstar shakeup, which is like in... What was what what was it like two or three weeks ago? I mean, if it was met, if it was uh that long, it could have been um like months or a year or something like that. So we had Sami Zayn come out. They had a garbage humor. Vince McMahon likes garbage humor. I didn't find that funny. Kofi comes out and he wanted to put his title on the line against either AJ or Sami or both of them. So we had a triple threat match made during the Ali Andrade Cien Almas. Oh, I'm sorry, Mustafa Ali and Andrade Cien Almas match. And speaking of that, Buddy Murphy came out during a fucking commercial break and called out Mustafa Ali. If that's the best thing you got for Buddy Murphy, then you are wasting his talent and he should have just stayed in 205 Live. I'm sorry. So. Mustafa Ali, he won via disqualification, which the match with him and almost, which was really good. And I wanted to see like 20 minutes of that. So Randy Orton came out. He RKO'd both of them. Well, he RKO'd Ali first. So that was, that's a disqualification. So Mustafa Ali won won via DQ. He RKO'd Andrade Cien Almas. So Shane McMahon comes out, talks about the tag team titles for SmackDown. And he revealed that it was going to be Daniel Bryan and Rowan that will be crowned new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. But hold up. Wait a minute. We have the Usos making an appearance. And they said it's Rome. this was Roman's yard, so they could come wherever they want. It's like they're, pretty, they're secretly telling us that the brand split is coming to an end. But they didn't have to do it like that. You could have just ended the brand split if that's the outcome you're going to get. But I'm going to get to what I would do right after we talk SmackDown. So I did LOL a little bit that that I think it was Jimmy Uso who called, who compared uh, Rowan and Bryan to SpongeBob and Patrick. Patrick being Rowan and SpongeBob being uh, Daniel Bryan. So they had the match, which was really good. I thought it was a really good match. Now, of course, Bryan and Rowan won. Rowan pinned, uh, I believe, Jay Uso to win the tag titles. And it was a lot of close falls. I will give it that. Now, I could think of a reason why they put Daniel Bryan in the tag team spot is because his history with injuries and all that stuff with his neck. And I think they want to take the safe precaution, which, I mean, it's understandable. I mean, your health is more important. And I'd rather focus on your health a little bit. But I could see why WWE put paired him with Rowan as tag team champions. Now, they even teased a few, a few between Heavy Machinery, but again, I asked, who do you have on SmackDown that would be worthy? Why don't you just merge the tag team division and make it feel important? So, we had 
a two-minute match between Mandy and Sonya versus Ember Moon and Carmella. After the match, Paige came out with Asuka and Kyrie Sane and announced that they were going to have a match between these two next week. And if that changes to a, a random SmackDown, te- I'm about to say SmackDown Tag Team Champions. See, this is why I'm, I'm just so lost with the women's tag titles. They're just a complete waste. Now, what I would do, what I would do, they might have, and I could see WWE doing this, they might ch- change it where Mandy and Sonya get laid out. The- now, if the match is still going on, Sonya has to eat the pin. Sonya has to eat the pin because you got to protect Mandy. For this Money in the Bank ladder match. So. That's what I see them doing. Now. We had a really good triple threat match. A very good triple threat. With uh, Kofi, Sammy, and AJ Styles. Sammy Zayn. He hit three blue thunder bombs. Which honestly should be his finisher right now. Instead of the Haluva kick. Or he could have the Haluva kick as his signature. And then transition it into a blue thunder bomb. He had me believing that he was going to beat Kofi Kingston. But I. And I think that was really great, man. That was a really great spot right there in that match. But Kofi, he beat all three of them, and he retained the uh, the WWE Championship. They, I mean, that did spike. No, it didn't spike the rating. The ratings went up a little bit, but it's still not enough to get viewers back. Now, what I would do... Oh, and by the way, the Iconics were featured on SmackDown, but they were on a commercial. Again! What I would do, merge the tag team division, merge the women's division, get Vince McMahon out of power, pass it to Triple H, let Shawn Michaels run NXT. You Like, I'm just, let his writers, let Triple H's writer do what's right and actually build um, wrestling to be fun again. Not everybody has to be on a show. Don't overexpose your talent. Stop the 50-50 booking. Stop relying on the McMahons. Actually, write a better story and focus on one thing that you are known for. Wrestling. Focus on wrestling. But all these ideas that I'm about to throw out is probably going to mean nothing anyway. So, well, I got nothing for them. So, who cares? They don't want to listen? Let them sink even further. If they don't want to listen to their fans, and if they want to continue to mock the fans and just give the middle finger to the fans, let them continue to sink. Because all these ideas that most of the people in the IWC are giving out to WWE is going to mean nothing. It's going to mean nothing. And I'm, I'm going to stand by that. I'm going to stand by that. NXT, let's talk about NXT for a second. Now, I want to start with NXT UK's UK. UK's women's champion, Tony Storm. Now, she was working a stardom event, and we were supposed to have a match between her and the new World of Stardom champion, Ia Priestley. Apparently, that match had to be canceled because it was a circumstance under not in our control, according to stardom, which tells me WWE canceled this match because they didn't want Tony Storm to take an L from an AEW rock from someone who signed to AEW, or they just didn't want a WWE superstar competing against someone from All Elite Wrestling. Now, you want to know how you can make this easy? want to know how you can make this easy? And I believe this was a Vince McMahon initiative because he didn't like to see a WWE superstar interacting with someone who's from AEW. Here's how you could get get out of this. Number one, and I'm going to stand by this, number one, have an end in a time limit draw. It's going to end in a draw regardless for number two, a double count out. Protects both of them. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. I mean, it would, that would be an easy out. 
And I think people would enjoy it a little bit to see someone from NXT mix it up with someone who's signed with AEW. First things first, congratulations, Bea Priestley, from winning the uh, World of Stardom champion. I forgot to say that, but just want to get that off my chest for a second. But we have news on Tommaso Ciampa. Now, you guys know he's been dealing with neck issues. He recently got surgery on his neck. And the timetable for his return, probably next year or so, but we don't know. But but we got Ciampa, who tweeted this out. He said, got a result to my two-month follow-up x-ray. Doc said, this doesn't look good. It looks great. And he posted that on his birthday. So, I don't, I'm really excited for Ciampa, man. He has never lost a step. I don't think he's losing a step yet. The dude is freaking Wolverine. He's recovering faster. You know, but hopefully he comes back in time and uh, hopefully he uh, comes back to NXT. So we got another update on Tegan Knox and Chelsea Green. Now, this was now you guys know what happened to Tegan Knox in the first. No, in the second May on Classic, she her knee pretty much exploded in the inside. Like her knee pretty much got injured during her match with Rhea Ripley and they had to stop the match. Uh, Chelsea Green, she injured her wrist during a taping in NXT in a dark match. So, Sean Ross Sapp up, gave us an update on Fightful Select involving both Tegan Knox and Chelsea Green. This is what he said. I wouldn't expect Tegan Knox back anytime soon. Lots of damage there. Chelsea Green is out of her cast, I believe. So, we might be seeing Chelsea Green in the tapings pretty soon. I mean, I would like to see Chelsea Green... Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with her, but I think she might thrive so well in NXT. But I hope Tegan recovers in time because she is seriously missed. She really is. And I'm, I really miss Dakota Kai as well. And hopefully they come back strong and better than ever. Speaking of injuries, we got Dominic Dijakovic. He um, revealed that he tore his meniscus, I believe. So... I want to read this quote from Dominic Dijakovic. He posted a video on on Instagram, and this is what he said. I know that many of you, you consider this a burden or a setback, but not me. I consider this a gift. I'm happy that I had him tear in my meniscus because this represents sacrifice. This represents discipline. I had to whip away the weakness to rebuild it to be stronger than ever using my blood when I was... When I was, though, the only one waiting for me were my family. They will drive me to return stronger and then ever and regain what is rightfully ours. And that's the North American Championship. I like stuff like this. No, he posted this on Twitter, by the way. But it was also on his Instagram page, if I'm correct. But I hope he comes back in time. I mean, this is a news that kind of caught me off guard. So I think WWE had to... Uh, I think WWE knew... That he had a that he tore his meniscus. I think Trips knew, and he's like, "Don't worry, we got a backup plan." So I believe in Triple H and his backup plan. And I don't, I'm not, and I I didn't read the spoilers. I don't know if I I I saw some people talk about it, but I didn't want to see it with my eyes. I want to wait until it plays out a little bit. Uh we have the location confirmed for NXT TakeOver 25, and it will take place in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And we have two matches that have been confirmed. It's um, Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. That's going to be for the NXT Championship. 
Johnny will be defending that title. And we have Io Shirai versus Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. So I think I'll talk about this when we get closer to take over uh, 25. I'll give my full predictions on that one. Um, This just broke right now. Apparently, we have two new signings according to uh, Casey Michaels of Square Circle Siren. And it's Hussan Al- Algal. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. And Fasal Krudi. So they have signed with NXT. They're going to be a part of the Performance Center. So, and they're from, they're the two stars from Saudi Arabia. So, let's see. Well, they're going to be molded by Triple H and his trainer. So that's going to be, that should be a good sign. But where they go, I don't know. Where they go, I don't know. It's better if we wait and see. NXT never disappoints. They always have a great show, no matter what. We had Bianca Belair. First off, congratulations, Bianca Belair. She graduated from college, and I couldn't be more proud of you. Bianca Belair, she defeated Mia Yim in a really good match, and it was a great match with personalities between both Mia Yim and Bianca Belair, and this is a mini feud between... For the women right now. And I love how creative Bianca went with her finisher. She used her hair as a leverage pin. Right by the ropes to beat Mia Yim. We might get an, we might get a rematch between Mia and Bianca. After that. So. And that's how you start a show. Right, White hot. We had backstage footage. We had two backstage footage of the War Raiders getting attacked by the Forgotten Sons. And we had Shayna Baszler, who was at the PC, uh, watching Marina, Shafir, and Jessamine Duke sparring, where out of nowhere, Io Shirai came out and attacked Shayna Baszler. And like I said, this match is pretty much confirmed for uh, NXT TakeOver Phoenix. And I'll I'll, get, I'll go over that when we talk about TakeOvers and our predictions. Um, we have Raul Mendoza... Defeating Riddick Moss, who is doing a new gimmick as a, I don't know if, I don't know what it is with this gimmick, but I'm giving it a chance, okay? I'm going to give it a chance, and, but I thought he did pretty good, and Moss, he's back stronger than ever before. I wonder where his partner Tino Sabatelli is, because I think the tag team division could really use Tino and Riddick Moss, and of course we had our main event. We only had three matches. We only had three matches on this show. Matt Riddle versus Adam Cole. That match was absolutely fantastic. And Roddy stuck his nose in to help Adam Cole, but it backfired. And Matt Riddle, he submitted Adam Cole with the bro mission. Really great match. And then post-match, you have tensions between Roderick Strong and Adam Cole. Now, for what I saw on the house show during one of the house shows, uh, he was wrestling Shane Strickland. And he, he wore his original... Uh, Roderick Strong shirt, so that could hint that a breakup might be coming from all, not from, I'm about to say All Elite Wrestling, from the Undisputed Era, but I'm still thinking it's a ruse, I'm still thinking it's a plan to fool Johnny Gargano, I mean, I'm just throwing that idea out because I want to see Adam Cole win the NXT Championship, and NXT continues to deliver as always. So, I recently did Dream Match Tuesday, and this one involved... Io Shirai versus Asuka. And I'm just looking at my Twitter now, and I'm re- I just reached 530, so that's that's absolutely incredible. Um, 
So the person who gave me this idea goes by the Twitter user EO Shirai Forever, which is a fan page for EO Shirai. And I shout you out on this podcast for giving me this dream match idea. So who would win in the fight between Asuka and EO Shirai? So I'm gonna go by the tweets and I'm gonna and I'm gonna shout everyone out who answered. So of course EO Shirai Forever at EO Shirai Forever. She said he said, well, they said um my dream match and I say EO. Mark Guitar won. He said the fans and I replied, why is that? Because because they see two of the best no BS athletes in the ring, and I just responded with a gift saying hashtag facts. And he picked EO Shirai. JC Myers 18. Thank you for ans- thank you for uh jo- thank you for joining with this dream match Tuesday. And you picked Asuka. Now, well, the most votes is EO2, Asuka1. Now, part of me wants to say Asuka, but I don't, I don't know, man. This, this, I, I, I think this might be one of the best matches that I honestly don't know what I can say. But, but, with, but I'm not going to try and judge this, but EO Shirai, she got the most votes, and she wins this match with Asuka. But... And I even did Wrestling Wednesday, and I'm going to shout everyone out on uh, Twitter. I asked who is the best women's wrestler in the world from any promotion. We got at 52 points of fart. He put Samoa Joe for some reason. I don't know why. Um, we had Io Shirai, at Io Shirai Forever, puts Io Shirai. We had at Funky5150. He put Thunder Rosa slash Cobra Moon, and I literally agree with that. She deserves to be in that category, which she responded back to me. We have at Axeman907, Tony Storm, most definitely. We have at Joe Cook5, Tessa Blanchard. We had at Jack Evis335. I apologize if I pronounced your Twitter name wrong. He picked Asuka. We have Great Love at Great Love 91 with Sasha Banks. We have um, SEW Wrestling Channel. He picked Tessa Blanchard. Well, they picked Tessa Blanchard. We have at Asuka's Samurai. He picked Asuka. We have at Always Sunny 4J. He picked Charlotte. We have at real Chris G one nine seventy two, he picked Oscar. At call me dude eight, picked Tessa Blanchard. We have at Vicky Lynn forty, picked Oscar. At Martin M Smith, he picked Sasha Banks. And at Pop Gun Chaos, he picked Ember Moon. Got Eos arrived. This was at Matt Walby one. We got old, old LPB, looks like Rhea Ripley, Tessa Blanchard. We got him, King of Underscore of Sports, Dakota Kai, and on Follow Friday, I did which uh, wrestler that you think WWE's dropped the ball on. I said Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, we had the Lights Pod said Andrade Cien Almas, which apparently he's getting. Uh, a push because his English, 
because Vince McMahon's high on him because of his English. Um, we got Shinsuke Nakamura, Rusev Day, Tyler Breeze, Dolph Ziggler, Broken Matt Hardy, EC3, I got another Dolph Ziggler, Leo Rush, The Revival, Ember Moon, Asuka, Cesaro, Asuka, Shinsuke Nakamura, both Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush, Liv Morgan, I ask, where the hell is she? Bobby Roode, Robert Roode, Sonya Deville, Asuka, the full roster, Sanity, and old Br- Bray Wyatt, who is getting a good refresh of his character, by the way, Eric Young, Apollo Crews, EC3, Asuka, Braun Strowman, Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, Ty Dillinger, Shinsuke Nakamura, Braun Strowman, Sin Cara, and there's this person that, there's um, at Chris Sinister 86, he has a photo of Triple H hugging Ricochet and Aleister Black. Uh, JC Myers, 18, says Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, we got another one with EC3, Baron Corbin, what could have been if he didn't have that uh, Constable Corbin BS he just let him go out there and do what he does best. Let him do what he did in NXT, but now I could care less about him. We have Tyler Breeze. We have another Asuka. Authors of Pain, which I'm hearing they're going to re- they're gonna be returning soon. We have Bailey, Bobby Lashley, the Good Brothers. And, of course, losing to the biggest geek on the planet at WrestleMania. And this was at uh, Chillin' Mel- Malibu. And he has a gift of Brock Lesnar. So, I'm going to end this episode right here. I want to shout out one more person here. I want to shout out Queen of the North. I really want to thank you so much um, for giving me this advice on to grow on my podcast. And she's really helpful. She's really awesome. And I recommend that you guys follow her. And listen to her show, man. She's really incredible, by the way. She's really incredible. And uh, all I can say is just thank you, Queen. Queen of the North. Follow her on Twitter at the Queen of N- of N E, and give. And I'm shouting you out on this podcast. So if you're listening, I'm shouting you out, and I think you do excellent. So thank you guys for tuning into this podcast. We went an hour and about twelve minutes, and I'm gonna go and rest because I am tired right now, and I and I gotta watch Evolve 128. So you guys know the drill. Follow me on Twitter at Shino D Phoenix. Follow me on Instagram at CoolManSip. Like the Facebook page. Email me your wrestling-related questions. If you don't want to do that, DM me your questions on Twitter. If you don't want to do that, do the hashtag AskThePhoenix because I want to get this podcast up and I want to get this podcast to a must-listen. And it's in that evolving phase right now. So I'm really, I'm really want to make people listen to this show. Whether you like my opinions or not, whether you like my honesty or not, but I love doing what I do because I'm passionate and I want to give what people think about my podcast. I want everyone to know that I love all you guys who listen to it. And I will see you guys next Saturday for Money in the Bank predictions and Double or Nothing predictions and all a bunch of wrestling news. So take care. Be good. I'll talk to you guys later. Peace out.